0: Our text this morning asked the question of us, what do you remember? The fact is, we all have memories. I generally think that my memory is pretty strong, and I used to think it was so good that I thought I had photographic memory. I don't think that anymore. But we all remember things, be it our strongest memories tend to be, on the one hand, the happiest, most joyous occasions of our lives, like a birthday birth of a child, our wedding day, a first date, uh, you name it, getting straight A's, or on the other hand, there may be something terrible that happens, like shootings, like 9-11, presidential assassinations, whatever the events that we remember, whatever the first things that come to mind when you think about what do I remember, whatever those things are, we think our memory is good, but the truth is we forget things as well. I know I forget things. Uh, For example, a couple nights ago, uh, after Mary Rose had made an awesome dinner for us, uh, I did none of the work. Um, And it was amazing. Homemade chicken pot pie. It was great. Uh, And after we put Arthur to bed, that's usually when I come back to the kitchen and wash the dishes. And for whatever reason, probably because I did none of the work, I didn't think we had that many. Uh, but I got to the kitchen, and I see some dishes. It's, it wasn't even that much, but I was like, oh, man, I didn't think I was going to have to wash any dishes tonight. But all, I say that, one, to say I'm a sinner, but also to say I forget things. In that brief moment, I forgot that Mary Rose had done a ton of work to provide an excellent meal for us, and she didn't ask me or need me to do any of it. And... She had already done a round of dishes earlier. This was just kind of our plates and and that sort of stuff. That's how easy we forget, even in a brief moment, even right after we receive something, we can forget. And while we're sure we'll never forget the most important things that happen in our lives, Israel shows us in our passage today, just like we saw last week, that we will forget. We'll forget even important things. And just as we saw them forget, how God provided for them when they were hungry. So we see them forget in a similar situation in Exodus chapter 17.
1: Join with me in reading Exodus 17. All the congregation of the people of Israel moved on from the wilderness of sin by stages, according to the commandment of the Lord and camped in Rephidim. But there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore, the people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. And Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water, and the people grumbled against Moses and said, Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? So Moses cried to the Lord, what shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, pass on before the people, taking with you some of the elders of Israel, and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile, and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock at Horeb, and you shall strike the, wa- the rock, and water shall come out of it, and the people will drink. And Moses did so, and the side of the elders, uh, in the sight of the elders of Israel, and he called the name of the place Massa, meaning testing, and Meribah, meaning quarrelling, because of the quarrelling of the people of Israel. And because they tested the lord by saying is the lord among us or not this is the word of the lord
0: amen let's go now to god in prayer god in heaven we thank you for your word to us this morning we thank you lord for bringing us here for bringing us into your body into your family Lord, I ask by your grace that you would open our minds, open our hearts and our ears to receive what you would have us to learn, Lord. I pray that by your spirit and by your word that you would convict us, that you would comfort us, and that you would point us to our only hope, which is found in your son, Jesus. I pray these things in his name, amen. Amen. So I'm pretty young in preaching. And because of that, I practice a couple times before I do it. And um, after the first time I practiced it, Mary Rose was like, you kind of sound angry. And um, part of that is just trying to enunciate. Part of that is trying to vary my tone. Um, And I'm also not using a mic when I practice at home. Um, So making sure I speak clearly. But I, I tell you that just to say, if I sound angry, that's not my intent. I'm glad that the mic is working so I don't have to be yelling to you. That would that'd be a hard sell uh, to say that I'm not angry if I was yelling at you guys the whole time. But I say that to say if I do sound angry, it's not because I'm angry at Israel. I think in this passage, in the passage we saw last week, they can be an easy target um, for us. But if I sound angry, it's because I know how easily I forget. Like I just said, I forgot after an awesome dinner quickly, like, rumbled about washing dishes. (laughs) Um, And if you, you know, as we go through this, as we see Israel over and over again, you know, this theme of them forgetting what God has done is going to come up. Um, You know, don't, my goal is not for us to walk out of here and beat ourselves up because we're bad at remembering the things that God has done. Our hope and our true hope is in God's memory because In this passage, we see that Israel forgot, and we're going to see that we forget like them. But even though we all forget what God has done and what he continues to do, we're going to see that God never forgets us. God never forgets his people. And that's the joy. So I'm going to try to sound happy about that part, even though it is a bummer how easily we forget. First, in this passage, we see that the people of Israel, we see God's people forget his provision. It was just last week. It was just in Exodus 16 that we saw the people get hungry and forget everything that God has done to bring his people out of Egypt to provide for them. They were grumbling. They were hangry, as Jordan said. And they were talking about how good they had it in Egypt. Remember all the meat pots we had? Remember when we could eat bread to the full and now we're just going to starve to death in the wilderness? There are... Faulty memory made them think Israel was great. And they grumbled against their current situation. They said, we had it better there. Why are we here? And despite their lack of belief that God provided for them, that he would provide for them, he heard them. He told, he told them, behold, I'm going to rain bread from heaven for you, even though you don't trust that I'm going to provide even though you've forgotten how I have already provided in delivering you from slavery, I am going to rain my provision down on you. But Israel forgot. Again, we're not even going back that far. We're not going back to the plagues. We're not going back to them walking across the dry land of the Red Sea. We're just going back one chapter. We're going back to a recent event and we see that they forgot. And just as they forgot, so they get to Rephidim, and there's no water. And Israel, of course, as grumblers, they're going to do what they always do. They're going to grumble. They're going to complain. They're going to do this instead of going to God, instead of going to the one who controls the waters, who made all things, who made the water. Instead of going to him, praying and trusting his provision as he had just provided bread for them, They grumble, and they quarrel with Moses. They go to him saying, give us water to drink. They're just going to a guy asking for streams of living water, asking for streams and rivers. I don't think any of us could produce that, and I know that Moses cannot produce water from nothing. But God can, and he did, and he would. And the same way Israel went to Moses, the same way they asked him for water, the same way they grumbled and quarreled with him, asking for God's provision from him, from just a man, we do the same thing. Again, I'm not angry at Israel. I'm angry at myself because I know I do this. But we grumble and we ask for provision. We ask for fulfillment from people. We ask for these things from people who cannot deliver instead of going to God. John Calvin, talking about this passage, said if they had even the tiniest spark of faith, they would have prayed. They would have gone to God. They would have gone to their Heavenly Father. But of course we see in this passage that they forgot. They did not believe that God would provide for them, even though he had. And what we see in this passage, what we saw last week, is God testing his people. And we might think, hey, hasn't, hasn't Israel had it hard enough? Like, do they keep need these tests? They were slaves in Egypt for 400 years. Haven't they had enough? Do they need to keep being tested? They had been through a lot. But these questions, they're grumbling. Put God to the test. They turn the tables and put God on trial. Probably because they thought they deserved better. The same way we might. But do we deserve better? Of course, Israel did not deserve, they didn't do anything to deserve deliverance from Egypt. They didn't do anything to deserve bread from heaven. And in this passage, they certainly didn't do anything to deserve water provided miraculously in the wilderness, but God would provide for them. God remembers his people. And God would provide for them, even though his people forgot. And we see in his provision, we see that even though we forget, God God doesn't forget us. He provides for us even when we forget. He provided for their physical needs and giving them food and drink. But he is also in testing them, providing for their spiritual needs. Scripture tells us that when we're tested, when we go through trials, to count those things as joy. As James says, we are to count our trials as joy because of the perfecting and completing of our faith. That when we've had perseverance, we would be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. God is trying to bring his people closer to him. He has already freed them from their captivity, and now he's saying, I want to bring you closer to me because I love you, because I have not forgotten you. But they forgot him. And just as they forgot his provision, They also, we see in this text, forgot God's protection. Their thirst led them to accuse Moses of trying to murder them. They say to him in verse 3, Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? Basically the same thing that they said last week when they had no bread, when they had nothing to eat. They're talking about how great Egypt was. They've forgotten God's provision already. But even Moses was part of God's provision and protection for them. God appointed Moses to be his mediator for the people, to be an advocate for the people to God, but also to work with Moses that when the people grumble, it at least is like going through Moses and not just going straight to God who could have smitten them, but thankfully did not. But their charge to Moses, their charge is also to God. They're charging God in absentia with trying to murder them, saying, what are you doing, God? This is not what freedom is supposed to look like. This isn't what we signed up for when we wanted to leave Egypt. We had at least food over there. We had drink over there. And now we have nothing. And now we're probably going to die. They were tired of being tested. Now they're demanding answers charging God with breaking his covenant. They're demanding provision. They go to Moses and say, hey, Moses, where's the water? This isn't what they signed up for. And we might think the same thing. You know, What areas in our lives are we thinking, this isn't what I signed up for when I started following God or when I started coming to church or when I took this job? How do we respond to being tested? What do we remember about what God has done in our lives? Who are we demanding answers from? Are we demanding them from God? Are we demanding them from our spouses, from our children, maybe from our workplaces, maybe from friends, community, maybe from our pastors, maybe from our pastoral search committee? Where are we demanding answers and where are we demanding that God provide for us or else? What we see in this passage is that Israel's doubts about God, their doubts and unbelief in his provision and his protection, they mirror our own doubts about him. Instead of going to the God who made us like Israel could have, how often do we also go to people and demand streams of living water. Do we remember what God has done for us? Of course, Israel did not believe that God would protect and preserve them. But God was still leading them just as he was when they could see the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire. He's leading them just as he was then. He has not left them, but... They forgot, and even though they forgot, again, the hope, the good news of this passage is that God did not forget them. Even though, you know, we might respond differently to the behavior of Israel, God is much more patient than me. He's much more patient than us. He's much more loving. And he did not forget his people. He heard them, just as he heard their cries when they were in Egypt, just as he heard their cries for food and provided bread for them. So he hears their cries for water and provides them water to drink. And what we see in his provision and his protection is that even though we forget those things like Israel, we forget God's presence, but that doesn't mean that he is not with us. This is seen, their forgetting of God's presence is seen most clearly, of course, in verse 7, where it says that Moses called the place Massah and Meribah because of the quarreling of the people and because they tested the Lord, saying, is the Lord among us or not? We may wonder the same thing, but the fact is that God's presence was unmissable, just as it was with a pillar of cloud, just as it was with a pillar of fire, Just as it was in the plagues, just as it was in the walking across the dry land of the Red Sea, God was present with them. God is present with them, just as he is present with us, even when it doesn't feel like it, and whether we remember it or not. The good news is that God is not depending on us or our abilities. And this is going to be important next week as we look at the Ten Commandments. God loves us because that's who he is. He remembers us, and he provides and protects us, provides for us, and protects us, and promises to be with us. God hears their cries and grumbles of the people and the grumbles of Moses. And so in verse 5 says to them, says to Moses, Pass on before the people, taking with you some of the elders of Israel, and taking your hand, the staff with which you struck the Nile, and go... Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock at Horeb, and you shall strike the rock, and water shall come out of it, and the people will drink. God is faithful to his promises. God promises to provide. God promises to protect and preserve them. And God promises to be there with them. And friends, these promises are not just made To Israel in this story, these promises are made to us as well. God is with us, God is providing for us, and God will protect us. Do we remember how He's done these things? Do we remember His promises to us? Paul in 1 Corinthians 10, verses 1 through 4, is talking about this exact story. And he says in those verses, For I want you to know, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud, and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. Friends, all of us like Israel, we drink from that very same rock that they drank from. We drink from the fountains of Jesus, who in John chapter 4 tells the woman, the Samaritan woman, I provide living water. I am the source of this living water. Are we going to Him or are we going to people that cannot provide the water that we need? Friends, let's go to Jesus the very same rock that Israel drank from in this passage. What do you remember? Do we remember the rock? Do we remember Christ? Do we remember seeing God lead his people out of Egypt? Or have we forgotten? Whatever we remember, we ought to remember that God is the rock. Our hope is in him. Our hope is not in our memory. Our hope is not in our ability. Our hope is in Christ. He's the true source of living water, which flows to those who remember, those whose faith is in him. And again, I don't say that as a legalist, like you have to remember or else God's not going to love you or remember you. God remembers us. God loves us regardless of whether we remember or not. We are forgetful people. We are limited people. But God loves us anyway. He made us. He loves us. He cares deeply, deeply for us. The water flowing from the rock proved everything that Israel doubted. Their doubts about his provision, his protection, and his presence were all disproved by the water coming out of the rock. Water flowed from it. The people drank. He protected them from death. And course, he told Moses, I will be on the rock. I will assure you I will be there. I am there even though you have forgotten. Friends, let's remember what God has done. Let's remember God leading us, God delivering us just as he delivered his people out of Egypt. He's providing for them. He's protecting them and he is with them. Remembering God bringing them out of Egypt is what starts the Ten Commandments, which we're going to look at next week. And again, it's not not up to us. The good news of the gospel, the good news of Scripture, is that God has done the work for us. God has provided, and God has secured us, his people. Instead of God judging Israel for their unbelievable unbelief, God submitted to his own rod of judgment and taking the strike from the staff. When God could have stricken down this ungrateful, grumbling people, he said, no, I love these people. I'm going to be with them. I'm going to show them that I am with them, and I'm going to provide living water for them just as he has provided for us. So as we think about how we can remember, we should remember the scripture Is the account of everything that god has done even when we forget we can go back to his word we can see how god has provided we can see how he promises and how he has shown himself to be with us ultimately he has done that through his son he has done that through jesus of course hopefully we have some experiences in our lives that confirm for us how god is working in our lives but we should always remember that scripture is a higher priority than whatever our experiences are, good, bad, or otherwise. Israel putting their experience above God's word and his promises led them to think, oh, I'm really thirsty right now. Where's God? I don't see him. I'm really thirsty. God has brought us here to kill us. We must keep God's word above our experiences, but hopefully we do experience in our lives God's provision and his protection and his presence with us by his Holy Spirit. Again, we can forget quickly. We can forget as quickly as I did moments after a good dinner and grumbled about washing dishes. But just like I did none of that work and was grumbling, so God did all the work for us. And what he calls us to do, the commandments as we'll see next week, those are not to accomplish what he's already done for us. Those are in gratitude for what he has done for us, just like some dishes might be after a good dinner. The fact is that God loves us. He has done a ton for us. He provides for us, he protects us, and he is with us. As we prepare to come to the table, we see the sign, we see this remembrance of how God is with us. And regardless of whether we forget or not, He does not forget us. He remembers us. God has prepared a feast for us, a sampling of which we'll get here and which our pollock afterwards points to, that final feast, that final wedding banquet that God has prepared for us. But he doesn't ask us to do any of the work. He's done the work for us. He's provided the spread, and we don't even have to do any of the dishes. So as we go now... To the lord's table let's remember what god has done for us and go to him with gratitude and thanksgiving let's go to him now in prayer god in heaven thank you so much for your word to us thank you lord that you provide for us that you protect us and that you are with us thank you that you provided your son that we may drink of the streams of living water lord help us help our minds to never forget what you have done for us, what you are continuing to do for us. And please guide us, Lord, that we may remember, that we may be even trophies of what you have done and what you are doing in the world. Lord, please guide us now. Please let everything we do be to your glory. We ask in your son Jesus' name. Amen.